everybody. Welcome to the Technical Area, your weekly football manager podcast, brought to you by me, your host, Gaffer Graymo, once again. Pleasure to be back as always. Thank you for all the retweets, likes, anything like that in the past week or so. A um, couple of new extra followers, the listenership is up, so just to say a big hello and welcome, especially to those people who are joining us for the first time. And there's an extensive back catalogue there if you had to catch up on, and a trickling from the end of FM19 into the start of FM20, when this podcast kind of came rejuvenated out of the ashes of the, the FM notebook, the end of the FM19 life cycle. I hope you're all keeping well, I hope you know, you're... Uh, Finding something to keep yourself going, whether it's homeschooling, you know, good luck there. I know fantastic work being done by plenty of teachers out there to try and support the homeschooling efforts by parents. So keep up what you're doing. Every little helps. Where if, if you're one of these people who's, you know, working from home, you know, hopefully I can keep you company through the next half hour, 40 minutes or so, however long this podcast goes. Or if you're someone like that who, you know, for, you know, unfortunate, in these unfortunate times, these circumstances has, um, you know, found themselves with, without much to keep themselves going at this time. Hopefully, you know, I can keep your mind distracted or so as well for the next 40, half an hour, 40 minutes with football manager talk, that great escape, that magnificent game. And the reason my laptop got turned off very, very quickly earlier today pushed away seems that the uh, look modifier was not going my way uh, today's session this episode episode 19 is all about training uh, and in particular something that I've kind of paid a lot of attention to in the last week and that's the training rating it's something that's going to was added to football manager in FM 19 as part of the significant overhaul we've seen to training and I suppose it's something that um I will honestly say I didn't really pay much attention to it until the past week or so since I brought my laptop back to life after the uh, corrupting influences of a, a dodgy update. But I suppose there's no better place to begin with this week's podcast by just touching base. I'll just give you a run through the, the reasoning behind, like I said, kind of where this inspiration struck me for this podcast. So, you know, after rejuvenating the laptop, I've really been able to sink my teeth into season two. And as I talk to you now, I'm 14 games in, just coming up to the end of November. So, you know, I'm not the quickest FM player in Hooper saying you've got 14 games played in a week. Or, yeah, I'm not the quickest player at, at FM. You know, I, I like to take my time. I'm quite meticulous. I'm, you know, slow paced, but, you know, I like just to think of that great uh, saying, look, slow and steady does win the race. You know, I will get there eventually. I will get to, to multiple seasons. And to be honest, the start has been very, very successful. The start has been like we've been flying form. We found ourselves in second. At one point this week, I was a point behind PSG. So I was living it up. I've kind of fallen away. I think I'm four points behind now. I'm still on oh no, third now. Third after today's session. I was second when I wrote these notes. Yeah, I'm, I'm third now in the league. I'm four points behind. Um, PSG, a point behind Monaco, who are second. And 
Cork's here, three points behind Paris Saint-Germain at the top. Uh, like one of the the big things that I kind of wanted to do for the season is I didn't qualify for Europe. I had a European stint at the end of season one at the Europa League when I took over, and but we didn't we were knocked out in the semi finals, so that, and we finished twelfth in the league, so that meant no European football at all. So one of the big things, obviously, when you have no European football, is the fact that you've got to realise, you know, the, the squad of players you might have is is in fact too large. And it's one of the things I did cover in the at the first blog post of season two over on the the blog. I think that the link you'll find the link down below in the, the podcast description, the podcast notes. Um, I shipped a lot of players out. I've kind of been left with about twenty or so players, and you know, it's only kind of in the the past two sessions or so I'd say that I'm, re- I'm starting to realise that in January as well. I, I want to continue that clear out, and that's something that I'm going to target now. Um, in the next month or so, in 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 December, I'm gonna kind of identify a couple of players who, although they're squad players, they're fringe players, that they're happy enough with a bit of game time. I have a couple of young players there who, to be honest with you, I'd rather be given the opportunity, so rather than feeling like I'm being obliged to, to just you know give that bit of game time to you know because they're senior players, they're a bit older, their current ability is better than the current ability of these younger players but some of these younger players do have that four or five star potential that you know given the game time they will develop given the correct training and you know I have seen them come on leaps and bounds one of them in particular Jorginho Rutter his name is he since I promoted him and given him a little bit of game time in the first team he's banging the goals in for the second team really got a kind of a high, a high rate two, three goals, some games, but he's guaranteed to, to get a goal for that round side. So, for me, you know, I look at um, you know, I do have Mohammed, I have sorry, Mbaini-Yang, who kind of alternate between that left wing role and the striker role. Adrian Unu, who you know has performed really, really well for me at the start of the season. Didn't start games well. But if you brought him on as a sub, you know, he was, that's where he was getting his goals. So it's just, uh, you know, it's just trying to find a way in. Like Niang, at times I'm, I am playing him out wide. I do have Rafinha, I do have Marco Piaccia. So it's 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 a bit of a balancing act up top. But and for Hunu, with Hunu and Niang as my star strikers, I do have Jordan Sabachu as well, the American international. Who, to be honest, is one of those players I am looking at moving moving on. So there is a chance for Rutter to come in as a third striker. There is a chance for Rutter to get a place on the bench. And the fact he is comfortable playing out wide and he scored for Rando from wide positions, I'd certainly be looking at him, you know, to, to bring him through, giving him a bit of game time. And one of the big things is with him is that his training performances are always a minimum of eight. The lowest he's been this season is eight. And it's something that's really stood out to me and that's something that's really jumped out to me and that's why you know, I'm in this position now where I'm kind of saying, with training ratings, should I be rewarding the players who are training well over the players who are not training well? Because at the start of the season, that's how I picked the first 11. Excuse me. That's how I picked that first 11. I looked at the players who were performing well in training 
and said they were the ones who I gave the chance at the start of the season. Some of the performances dropped as the season kind of started getting on. So performances dropping in match situations and training situations, they lost their place and haven't gotten them back. And, you know, Clement Grenier is one of these players who his match rating is 7.18. His training rating is 6.2. And the only reason he has gotten game time recently is they don't really want to lose him at the minute. I've only just brought in Ezekiel Palacios and I know I have Eduardo Camavinga as well who are going to be these playmakers for me. But with Grenier, I just want to get one more season out of him. And he's happy enough to leave. He's happy enough to leave on loan to get game time elsewhere. But, you know, I felt I kept him. Or look, I started in the next few games to keep you happy. His performances have been very good. But his training rating has been awful. Like, he's the player that comes up as the de facto player to criticise because of his training levels in the past week. And I find myself, you know, every week I'm criticising him and then every week I'm starting him. And for me, you know, I have to draw a line somewhere. I have to, you know, it's, it's you know, assert the authority there and say, actually, do you know what? You haven't merited the place in, in the team. You haven't merited the game time. But unfortunately, I'm just going to caught in a bit of a dilemma as his playing performances are so good and his training performances are so poor that I don't really know where to, you know, where I'm drawing the line here. And that's a big decision I'll have to make now when I load up football manager now and work my way through the rest of the uh, this, the first half of the season up until this Christmas break. If we'll take this chance then, obviously, like I said, now just to move into the full conversation, the full chat about the training ratings. And the, I went back this week, kind of did a little bit of a throwback in terms of the podcast recording style, and went back to the polls, went back to the weird community polls over on Twitter. So these are tweeted from the FM Technical Area's Twitter account, the Technical Area. You'll find the uh, the links for that down below if you're not following already. And I went back and I was asking people because, like, I, I've, I think this is possibly the third or fourth podcast that I've dedicated to, podcast episode I've dedicated to training between the FM Notebook and the Technical Area. And one of the things that's really stood out, one of the things that's really jumped out has been you know, since we've had this training overhaul, how have people adapted to it? How have people taken to it? And I know people find the tactical element of the game to be quite, uh, I suppose, complicated, to be quite difficult to understand, that it's so, like, in some ways fluid. It's so, you know, there's different layers, different connotations, different permutations, depending on what you're doing. Sometimes things don't work that you believe in your head work because they do in real life but training i think is one of those things that's actually you know it's very very simple when you put uh you when you put a bit of thought into it and you read through the little descriptions and you kind of um find your way through the game you know you find your way through training and you can see actually you know if i've done this session if i use these sessions this will actually help me this will help my approach this will help my tactic this will help my team I know it looks like a giant Excel file. I know it's nicely color-coded. But it is a very, very useful tool if we can, um, if you're willing to dedicate the time and effort to, you know, personalize it, customize it, and maximize its effectiveness to suit you. And it was interesting that, like, the first question I put out is, how have you found training in FM20? And the significant clear majority, 39.2%, said, I just leave it to the assistant. 
So straight away jumping out saying there's almost 40% of voters on this poll have said, actually, do you know what, when it comes to training, I don't I don't even do it. I don't really, you know, pay that much heed to it. You know, Black Sea FM uh, had, like, great little bit of insight into it. Uh, Though time-consuming, have thoroughly embraced training schedule. Experience shows it can help with short, medium, and long-term goals. But my suggestion is whatever you can delegate, don't delegate this. And then when you at least also elaborate some of the topic for training on overlapping makes the overlapping team instruction more effective. And training penalties before cup matches, he's also found to give them the extra edge, the potential there that known if this cup match goes to penalty shoot, we've practiced it as well. Trunaldo also added in an extra little bit of um, advice, a little bit of information, a, a different opinion here by saying, I pretty much left it to the assistant on 19, but I've been getting more involved this year, largely because my assistant was gash. I can't say I've noticed any differences, but I might be because I don't didn't pay much attention last year. For me, when it comes to training, I think I found it an awful lot. Um, I found it better this year. I kind of find it's a bit more refined myself. I find it's a little bit more uh, detailed. You know, there was a couple of new training um, sessions added in that we could plan at the start of the year, and I kind of just feel we're getting to a very, very ultra realistic, a fantastic way of playing the game. That's so realistic, so and yet so influential on how your team plays and how your style progresses and develops in this game. And then obviously just training that I'm just like all that talk there about team train has been about team train, the overall group. But at an individual level, like I asked, like, is this something people do? 60% of people says yes, it's something I do. Score more FM, definitely, even when the staff handle the rest of the training, that's something I take control of. And that seems to be one of those things a football manager that a lot of people do enjoy doing. A lot of people love getting involved in uh, individual training, in shaping these individuals one by one. By finding that one nurture kid, or one other kid, nurturing them and developing them into this like star of the team. Watching them flourish and grow and being one of those stories we talk about when we talk about football manager in years to come. I had this player, I developed him. And he turned into the best player in the world, or whatever it was. He was the corner of every team I managed. I brought with me everywhere I went. So it seems like that the individual training is something that a lot of us do take a lot of interest in. Though on yesterday's poll, when I asked about the training rate, just to see, to gauge the effectiveness of these players when it comes to training, there was a 50-50 split in terms of people pay attention to training football manager. And it was 50 people saying yes, some people saying no. I understand why a lot of people said yes. I understand why the people said no. I didn't do it, I know I've changed. And it's something that I really has found has helped me to get off to the start of the season that I've gotten off to. With this squad at Ren, one of the things I've been asked to do is make sure that a lot of the players I bring in uh, match the young player signing philosophy. So if I'm signing players, I have to try and make sure I'm bringing in as many young players as possible to develop, and I have to develop players using the club's youth system. Now, I haven't done this. I haven't been great in terms of integrating players. Some players have gotten the odd game here and there. And then, as well as that, I've also, in the transfer market, I've brought in a few more experienced players because I just needed to fill in a couple of gaps. 
Current goalkeeper is Alexander Shovelov, I presume is how it's pronounced. He's a current Freiburg goalkeeper. He was he's 27, 28 when I signed him. And he was kind of just my current goalkeeper until my young goalkeeper is ready. I've been 19, I've been 18 and a 19-year-old goalkeepers. Both of them are really, really talented. I just felt that this season was too early to try and bring them in. This season was um, not the right time to bring them in and that I am hopefully going to have them fully integrated into the squad for season three of the save where Alexander Shovelov, you know, could just be the league goalkeeper and these guys could take over uh, potential European football or, and certainly cup football, waiting for these young guys. But when it comes down to the training level, one of my new signings hasn't been able to, has only played twice in, and it's November. Uh, Aisa Mandy from uh, Real Betis alone signing. And what happened was I felt I needed to cover at right back. Uh, Mandy, Mandy is uh, comfortable playing all across the back four. And he's, he's and I, to be honest, I needed an experienced right back. I do have a 28-year-old Hamari Triori who's very, very good. But I just felt that, you know, I didn't have anyone there to challenge, to put the pressure on. Mandy's only played twice. The Betis manager's been on to me, nagging me. Why isn't he playing? Why isn't he playing? You told me he'd be playing. The reason is he's just not training well. Clement Grenier was the same. He came to me complaining of lack of game time because he hasn't been training well. When we started the season off, the training was excellent. All across the board, the training was excellent. The players who were missing out were players who were like, in the sixes, training performances between 6.2 and 6.8. I had a squad, and especially the young players. Go, young goalkeeper Pepe Bonet is 9.2 average is his training rate. He's one of those young goalkeepers I'm getting ready to bring into the first team for next season. His training, like it's, and it's very, very hard to leave these players out knowing he's training at a 9.2. His morale is high. But he's not playing, and it's difficult to justify decisions like that. But it's certainly it's one of the factors I'm using when it comes to training uh, and for team selection. That if I look at the average rating of the last five matches, and then I look at the players' training rating, they're the two determiners now for uh, starting places. Training rating for me is superseding the uh, average rating over the last five games. And only in the Clement Grenier case am I finding a difficulty in um, enforcing that all across the board. Uh, one of the, the things that I've kind of found though is in the last session or two on Football Manager, I had a couple of bad results. I was beaten by Monaco, uh, 1-0. Very, very unfortunate. And that game was a late winner. The next game I played Bordeaux, who the week before had been beaten 8-1 by Lyon. And we drew. We struggled to draw one all in that game. And then today, uh, today's session, I only, only played one match, and that was a defeat to Nantes, which was a, a, a bit hurt a lot because that was a local derby as well. And what I've seen is after these performances, the training rating does take a hit with the morale. And that's something I'm finding very, very interesting, that the training rating and morale seem to be affected. And the recent, and if your team does be on a good run of form, but this season I found with this Ren side that we're on a good run of form, but the training rates haven't been good. 
when the we've we've hit this bit of a bump. So I'm I'm kind of wondering there is there a correlation? Is there some sort of um? It's a case of does, is morale management now tied into training rate? Because we all know if you praise a player for training well, his morale will go up. But if the team's performance is affected, his morale is affected, and the knock-on effect does that mean that his training performance is affected? For training, when how I've approached training this year, I've, I've approached very, very similarly to how I've done before. But instead of trying to, I kind of felt I had to do every session. Almost so if I look in the technical tab, I kind of felt that across the space of a month, I needed to, to do every single one of those sessions. And what I've decided is, you know what, actually that's that's not right. That's That's not the way to do things. So for training, what I'm doing is each week at the start of the season, I copied, I came up with a training schedule for the for week one of the season, so approaching match day one. I copied and pasted that for every week through the season, except for the weeks where I had multiple games. So there's a few uh, weeks have been pointed out as weeks where, you know, you've got two league matches. And this was very useful for me because I, don't, I know I don't have European football. I know I don't have uh, midweek football to, that's going to change how the training is going week in, week out. So it was, it was great for me to be able to plan the training sessions all the way through the year. But what I've done is, when I get that note, I ask my assistant for a report. Okay, what's training like for the next two weeks? And I know that in each slot, that's the topic, that's the theme, that's the general area I want to focus on. And what I'll do is I'll tweak the sessions depending on our current situation and the upcoming opponent. So for the weeks approaching the PSG game, I focus a lot on defensive football, defensive training, uh, defensive organisation, because I knew like that I was playing defensive football that week. And, you know, our performance was very, very good up until we went down to 10 men. And the same thing could be said when I was approaching some of the, the early matches at the start of the season. I approached it in a very, very balanced way. That I focused, you know, from in August to kind of October, up until that international break in October, a lot of the focus was on the, the tactical work. Developing uh, a sense of Team unity, focusing, continuing with like physical sessions at the start of each week on a Monday, uh, in terms of like endure, uh, quickness or resistance sessions, kind of alternating those and adding the occasional endurance session in as well. And then from October into Christmas, what I'm kind of focusing on now, it's been a lot of maintenance work. So it's a lot of uh, technical trainings, like a lot of work at set pieces, and even it's a case of, you know, um, tailoring, attacking, defending kind of sessions to the approaches that I'm finding are useful. So my, so I'm very, very strong centrally this year. So it's a case of, you know, when it, when it comes to attacking, I'm trying to tailor the attacking sessions to how things are. So like even like Black CFMs, they're looking for the overlap. Because I like my fullbacks to push on. And in terms of my front three and the four three three I'm playing, they all like to cut in. So it's a case of the defense of front three is narrowing and an overlap can be useful. No, I don't play for the overlap. I don't look for the overlap in my team instructions. But what I do is, in the individual player instructions, I encourage my fullbacks who are on support duties to get further forward and stay wide. And they've contributed very, very effectively to our team this year. And a lot of that, I believe, kind of, you know, the, the team looks for those passes and is able to uh, attack well in those phases, use the fullbacks who've pushed on in, in this overlap because of the devotion and the dead 
we've had to do these sessions and training. Another thing is we've also been very, very uh, effective in terms of set-piece goals. We've scored a lot of goals because I've, I've alternated a lot of attacking set-piece routines, attacking corners and attacking free kicks, alternate those week in, week out. And it's a case of, of the say, if there's four weeks in a month, attacking set pieces will take place for three and in that one middle month I might focus on defending corners or defending free kicks explicitly and that being the primary focus but don't forget of course where there's a primary focus or else there's a secondary and tertiary focus so if you're looking at attacking free kicks there is a unit in your squad who will focus on defending them and then the same if you're focused on defending free kicks there will be a unit of your playing squad who will actually focus on the attacking side so it's a case of you are going to get the benefits of both in the space in in these sessions. It's just where your emphasis is going on. If you find you're leaking goals, you'll actually still be practicing scoring. But it's a case of your team's emphasis going into the next match day has been on the defensive defensive aspect. So don't be afraid just to read through those boxes, to spend a little bit of time in your next sessions reading through the boxes and finding. And if you want to write it down. Note it down wherever, whatever you want to do it, but write down all of the sessions that will actually apply to your system. So it's a case of when you're doing the transition, are you a pressing side? Do you want to look at transition press? If you're someone who likes to regroup, if you've lost the ball, when you've lost the ball, then look at the transition to restrict space. It's little things like this will make a big difference, they will help your side. Your side will, you know, play better in a match situation. When you have tailored the training sessions to suit your style, your philosophy, and what you want. Keep things simple. Don't be afraid to experiment. If you want to see how I do training, I'm more than willing to share. I can do a blog post on it even as well. that has the visuals attached. So please let me know. Gaffer Graymo FM. Uh, my link will be found in the description box below the podcast here as well. So just click, send me a message, send me, a, you know, just at me, whatever way you want to do it in the tweet, and just ask, and it's absolutely no problem sharing. Like it's, it, that's what I'm here for. We are the community. You know, we are a community. We, we look after one another. We share our expertise, and that's exactly all, what I want to do with this save. You know, I want to be able to share it. I want to be able to show what's worked for me what's not worked for me and how we can kind of go from where we currently are. And then I suppose like that with the training, there is, you know, um, you, you do have to be, be aware, like at different stages of the season, emphasis might be kind of like that on physical training. Uh, um, emphasis might be on set pieces, like or even like that when you've got a busy week, it could just be focusing on match preparation sessions. But that's absolutely fine. It's absolutely okay because what yeah, you just have to kind of focus on, you know, in your week, as I like to do it, it's a case of decreasing the workload as the week goes on, focusing on your tactics through each week. But at the start of each season, folk like don't be afraid to have a couple of fitness sessions and tactical sessions, and that's all you do for pre-season. Don't let, play plenty of matches. That's my other piece of advice. I try and play about nine friendlies in pre-season, as many as I can fit in. So don't be afraid to fit it, fit these in because your team will develop better. Training performances will also, you know, you're tailoring these to suit what's going on on the pitch. 
and everything looks after you know one thing looks after another after another and you'll see a you know issue hopefully you will see you know a whole scale improvement across your squad in terms of individual training because obviously i can't leave this out like that the individual training rating i said it's such a big determiner but when it comes to the actual focusing on what an individual does in training i i take control of all this as well i assign them to the unit because i know where i want them to be now i do have some difficulty i play with a roaming playmaker you know but i, I like to put them into the attacking uh side of things because you know you know i don't really want my roaming playmaker to focus on you know, it to be a part of the defensive unit. I want them to be part of the attacking unit so they can influence the game better. But individual training is tailored to the positions and roles in my systems. So although a player could be, I have a few players, young players coming through who are excellent centre midfielders on support or an attack. And all I do is I look and I say, right, how can I adapt these? How can I change these? How can I make these work with my system? Will they be a good Mazala? Will they be a good playmaker? Or would they be a good defensive midfielder even? What works kind of best here? For me, what works best for them? The other thing is what I'd say is in terms of the traits, what do you do in terms of the player traits? For player traits, I like to try and use the player traits then in the individual training sessions to accentuate the strengths of the individual or the role they're going to play. So I'm going to ask, I want them to develop traits that are going to help them perform better in the role. I'm going to assign them on my team. Or, you know, what strengths have they got and how can I accentuate these? How can I make these better? Have I got a good player? Have I got a player who's good with passing and who's got good vision? Well, maybe I could get them to dictate the tempo as part of being a playmaker. Have I got a player who's a strong dribbler, who's quick, you know, giving them one of these that they run frequently with the ball? You know, and then obviously some of these, you've got to just trust the coach as well. If they've got to put weak foot like that, encourage them to adapt their game with. Develop a long flat bullet throw. If you want to work on your set pieces, why not? If you've got the right player there to have a Rory the lap of a team, I'd certainly go for it. But like that, when it comes to training for me, I'm finding that my approach is changing all the time. And that's the one thing I've I, I've come to learn and grow with football manager. I think Oliver Jensen was fabulous with, with his tweet that he shared. Although he might be getting a bit embarrassed about it, but if you, Oliver Jensen recently changed tactic and things have improved. And improved like phenomenally, you know. You've seen a big change in form, but it was a case of he was patient and he stuck with it. So it's a case of we we have to be patient if you're going to you know spend a bit of time developing your training approach. Don't be like it's if you, if things aren't going right at the start. If there's a number of players voicing displeasure, that's okay. We all have to start someplace. We all have to learn, and then just see right what. Are they, what are my what are they complaining about? What is there not enough of? Okay, and how can I change this, or can I change this? And you know, don't be afraid to experiment. Don't be afraid to see, and just keep an eye on other people in the community what they're doing, because they might be able to share ideas with you. Tactical periodization, I know, is something that a lot of people, uh, that's their own personal approaches they've taken, and you know, it does work in the game. You know, I've seen plenty of people say it does work. So maybe that could be the way you go. Don't be afraid to ask in the community how things are going, how things are going in training. And I'm sure people will be won't people won't hesitate to share and offer some advice to you as best they can. Well, how do I end this chat really now about training? You know, like I, as I said, I found that if, if when I'm winning matches, training and morale seem to go up. 
And as the run goes on and on, training performances improve, as well as players' morale. It all seems to be kind of very, very interlinked. And it always brings out the best in people, brings out the best in players. So like that, don't be afraid to interact with your players, team meetings, or if you want to just go for private chats, give praise them for their training, uh, criticize them for their training, praise your players, say, look, we can come through this, you know, try and keep that morale up, be that morale manager, because that could be a way that your training and playing performances to improve. Focus, like I said, on a regimented and planned schedule to address your style of play what you need to do for your next game so like i said with the psg i focus on how i defend how i want my team to defend that's why i planned that week so don't be afraid each week that if a focus is just solely on the defensive side of things there will be an attacking element it might be the primary focus but like i said when i when you know you're going into a match as you know not a favorite focusing on focus on what the your you know what you believe the situation is most going to be like. And then finally, I've scored plenty from set pieces because I've given them a lot of training focus. And that's something, you know, that's worked for me. So, like I said, I've seen how it works. I've seen how it comes together. And I've even seen the assistant and everything raise it in matches and even suggesting it as one of the team instructions that we play for set pieces because of the emphasis I've given it this year in game. So whether that's something you do or not, I don't know. But maybe just maybe that could give you the edge going forward in your next couple of sessions on football manager. Now, unfortunately, I didn't you know I, I've kind of run out of content, I've run out of opinions. Thanks to Score More FM, Ronaldo, and Black CFM for the contributions, and thank you to everyone out there who did vote as well. Uh, I will go back to the polls next week, but in terms of training. You know, just, you know, the next time you load a football manager, spend five, ten minutes, have a look at your own training and see, does it suit your style? Does it suit you? And then go for the, that uh, famous two stars and a wish approach. What are two good things about how my team trains? And what's one thing we could do better? There's always room for improvement. We just have to sometimes look with a close and careful eye just to find it. Now, just before I you know, say goodbye, a few little kind of you know housekeeping bits and pieces to, to drop in. Uh, in terms of you know content, the content is absolutely storming at the minute, isn't it? With if you're just going clicking the hashtag Weirdy Community on Twitter, there's so much content there, it's absolutely brilliant. I've gotten a little bit more active on Slack in the past, you know, week or so. The fact I'm working at home, you know, I can kind of just slide open to the tab a little bit when, you know, just give my brain a breather from work. So I've got a little bit more active there. And even on the Weird Community channel there, everything's, you know, there's so much there. It's absolutely brilliant. So keep the content going. And don't forget to be using the hashtag Weird Community if you are creating. Someone that I have seen as a, uh, you know, taking content to a whole new level is Jim G FM, like his YouTube videos are fantastic. The Atletico Madrid save is very, very interesting as well. Might be my, you know, flavour of the month at the minute, given their uh, recent performances against Liverpool. But nonetheless, Jim's save is definitely worth checking out. So if you don't follow Jim, go check Jim out, follow him, join his channel on Slack, 
and get involved in the conversations Jim is having there. Because I know Jim is planning a couple of special things at the minute. But there's plenty of other fantastic content creators out there. So if you are creating content and you know you want to give yourself a little bit of a plug, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, there's no shame in tagging me in it, certainly anyway. So I, I do enjoy and I'm looking for more content to kind of watch, to listen to, to read, or whatever way you're you're sharing your content. So use the hashtag weirdy community there. Like I said. Don't forget to tag me if you want a little sneaky, cheeky plug. In terms of FM goal of the day, uh, like I said, I play on Windows 10, my laptop, and if I hold down, if my team scores a fantastic goal, I play in 2D. Just before the highlight comes up, I press pause, you know, spacebar, and then I press the Windows key, Alt key, and R at the same time. And that brings up... Uh, Xbox Gaming, which is I think is part of the, the Windows 10 suite, and by pressing Windows key Alt and R, it'll start recording the current game clip. Sometimes I might have to wait a few seconds, and then I start recording again. And once I start recording again, uh, you know I'm able to record my goal, and it saves on the laptop, and I share it then on Twitter with the hashtag FM Goal of the Day. It's some, I know the Premier League do it with that, just using the hashtag goal of the day over on their socials, but I just thought give it an FM twist. So, if, you know, team score or something spectacular, record it, share it, even use the analysis map and use that hashtag uh, FM goal of the day, you know, and we can you know, get some exciting goals, give people something nice to watch during the days, especially if they're looking for a little bit of a break from whatever it is that's going on in their you know, day to day lives and I think that's it so I think that's all I have there in my notes so I'll have to leave it there I'm afraid thank you very much for listening if you have enjoyed the pod please feel free to like share review if you don't like the pod please feel free to like share and review as well but please note that all review websites that I have rigged only give five star reviews. So, no, yes, that's a joke. But, you know, please, you know, constructive criticism is always welcome. Just please do it through the DM so I can, you know, at least cry in private there. Uh, episode 20 is next week. I have no idea what the topic is yet. Uh, I could be tweeting out Monday with a poll. I should be tweeting out Monday with polls. So, if I don't, you know, if, if you have an idea, if you have something you'd like for me to cover, don't feel like keeping it to yourself. Send it over, get involved, and, you know, you can, if you want to even come along and join in the conversation, you're more than welcome to. All the links to everything will be found down below. Anything else, send me a message, like I said, and, you know, I don't mind, uh, you know, being able to help you whatever way I can. Until next week, enjoy your FM. Keep safe. And enjoy. Find something small every day to enjoy. That's what I try and do. Today was raining, so I had to have my cup of coffee in the house rather than in the garden. But, you know, not the worst complaint in the world to relax with a nice cup of coffee. But whatever it is that works for you, find something small. and Find that little corner of peace every day. Something to enjoy so you can go to sleep with a smile on your face. But until next week, I've been Gaffer Graham. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you then.
Bye-bye now.